Welcome to the Built Not Bought podcast. Today, I'm very excited to have someone from far away, down in Austin, Texas, Jordan Turvifil of One One Contract Flooring. He's a man after my own heart. He's got his own uh, flooring supply and installation business down there. Um, we just discovered we're the same age, and uh, I can tell by uh, I met him on Instagram. Um, you know, it's a great great place where a lot of us contractors can bounce ideas off one another um, absolutely and just see what's going on in other in other regions and yeah he's a guy who i love to follow because he's on it with his uh the way he represents himself is very very engaging on social media and the work that him and his crew does is beautiful so jordan welcome thank you so much brother i appreciate the uh awesome intro and the kind words man truly for real um, and appreciate you having me on here. I've been uh, a huge fan of yours and just seeing like the new things that you're working on, like the fish candy and stuff. Uh, you know, I'm an avid fisher myself and uh, my father-in-law is a big fisherman. So just kind of trying to get a little bit of that stuff out here and try and help out where we can, I think will be super awesome. Awesome, man. Yeah, no, that uh, the fish part is definitely uh, recreation end of things. It's not oh, yeah. not quite my business, at least not yet. But uh, yeah, no, that's why that's why we do it, right? We work hard so that we can go out and do do the things we love and enjoy yeah. all the sweeter things. Um, so I, where I wanted to start it start is uh, like, you know, for me, uh, when I got my start in the flooring industry, I was 14. I was screwing up in school. My dad's like, you're coming to work with me because this is <laughs> this is where you're going to end up. if You keep up the way you did, do. And uh, sure enough, I did. But uh, I'm wondering where you got your start in the flooring industry and just the construction industry in general. Uh, so mine is very similar, man. Very similar. Uh, my dad, he's in construction. Uh, he's a senior VP for development for Mill Creek Residential. And um, he had, I mean, he's been with a few different uh, contractors throughout my life. He's worked for like Dell Webb, Sentex Homes, uh, a few different ones. But, um, you know, when I'm was in high school, uh, my goal all growing up was to be a pro football player. Uh, but I didn't grow past five, seven. And, uh, as soon as I graduated, my dad made that kind of clear, you know, you got to let that dream go and go join the big boys, uh, out in construction. So he, he got me a job working, uh, demo, uh, as a grunt, um, in downtown Hollywood. And, Damn, that was some good work to start because what we were doing, we were we were tearing down high-rise buildings. Uh, we had three large excavators basically just crushing the brick and rebar into piles. And then me and my brother would just run up the piles, separate the bricks and the rebar into two piles. And then um, we'd load them up with bobcats into trucks and get them hauled off for recycling. But uh, the building was big, so we were there for about a year doing that straight. And uh, it's uh, it'll get your hands the rebar will get your hands every time, <laughs> especially after uh, excavators crushed it up. So. Yeah, no doubt. And I think. 
Um, like with the demo stuff, I know a lot of guys, when they first get into the industry, they're like, oh, I don't want to be doing this dirty work. It's awful. And it gives people a bad, bad taste. But really, if you if you give it a chance, I think it's like anything. If you need to learn how to do something the way I do it or or fix something, I tear it apart. I break it oh, down. Totally. And that yeah. breakdown process is what helps you understand how it all went together. So, yeah. Yeah, starting with like the the high scale demo. Now, when we go to do like small scale, like oh, a shower pan leaked, you know, we, we like you said, we do take our time, and it's more, it's so much easier to understand like where the problem's coming from with that experience, and you just kind of take your time and just kind of peel it like an onion and and figure out where you're having those issues. Yeah, no doubt. No, that's awesome. So that was obviously just general construction, all that stuff. Um, like you said, you're from Austin, Texas. Um, is that where you originally are from or? It, or No, I'm actually, I'm, I'm actually originally from California, uh, born and raised for the most part uh, in California, but, um, you know, raised in so many different parts it's it's hard to just say one specific area we lived in uh northern california way up in the woods for about um probably eight years of my life as a kid so um you know when i was about four or five years old i was climbing pine trees as high as i could go uh you know i've seen i've seen my older brother's friends try and chase me up a tree and fall and break their limbs and stuff like that um, you know, fun stuff like that. But uh, yeah, born and raised California. I, I actually, um, I was working for Spectre Contract Flooring uh, in downtown LA and doing like a two hour commute there and two hour commute back every day. And I met this beautiful woman and uh, we really connected on just a crazy level and I started she was born and raised in in Austin and we started doing the long distance thing uh pretty much every other weekend I would either fly out here or fly her out to California and uh finally I proposed to her and then she gave me uh she gave me the ultimatum you know because she has she has two kids uh you know from previous relationships and um <clears throat> I really wanted to step up and be there. So she wanted that as well. And uh, she gave me the ultimatum to to come out here because she wasn't willing to move out to California. So I tried to transfer with Spectra, but uh, Spectra Contract Flooring, they don't have much turnover. It's uh, more of a large scale company nationwide. And um, when I tried transferring, they didn't have you know any open positions. So... I found a local contractor in Austin to work for and just did everything I could to, to help him uh, or help that company grow. And um, yeah, you learn, uh, you learn the hard way sometimes that, that not everyone has your best interests and, you know, and, and trying to help a, a smaller company grow uh, massively, it quickly turned into um like jealousy and stuff like that and so i had to uh you know i found myself a, a week before christmas without a job and it was like oh shit what do i do you know 
And so I did what I, the only thing I knew to do, which was talk to my wife. And uh, my wife was just super calm about the whole thing and was like, dude, you already know what to do. Start your own company and get, get to work. And I was like, all right, shit, I'm going to smoke a cigar right now and let's get after it. <laughs> and the rest is history. It's been like, it's been a dream. It's been, it's been such an honor to like, um, work with with crews that are doing uh such great work and showing up every day and trying to provide for their families and stuff like that and then just to like you know just just even the other day i i gave um you know one of the installers that we we use uh on a crew he um he just had a baby boy and he wasn't even like talking about it a lot or anything you know um <clears throat> but i i heard from one of the other guys that he had a hey he had a baby boy so i made sure to give him a gift and um just try my best to just kind of lighten that burden uh that's that may be on his shoulders that way um you know he can really be there for his kid uh hopefully as well as i'm being there for my kid and you know stuff like that no doubt. That's awesome. And, and yeah, I mean, having quality employees, it's so hard nowadays. I mean, at this point, I work on my own. Um, yeah. I'm hoping to change that in the near future. I've got a few uh, irons in the fire. But when you when you're looking for an employee, I mean, it sounds like, you know, you have your core values that you're that's really important for you, you know, and family is number one. Um, yeah, I think that is such an important thing because you can so easily identify that in another person um, when someone's a big family person and has their priorities right in that way one you know they're going to be they're going to show up they're going to be there on time because they want to do right by their family you know they're going to work hard and you know that they don't want to stay exactly where they are they want to grow and they want to do better yeah. all the time so family family people are great people to have for employees 100 percent, yeah and like the the real family ones too you know and and they'll they do like you said they stick out like a sore thumb like um i uh i, mean, I could say a couple things that i that i would do to kind of like check uh you know if a guy requests hey we'd love to come work for you there are a couple things that I will do, like check their followers and stuff like that, or see who they're following. And um, it's just interesting. Sometimes you'll see, like I've seen before, like, oh man, I'm a big family man. And then you follow, you, you go just check and see who they're following. And it's like a long list of like uh, uh, Instagram models, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? And, and they're supposed to be a married man. So to me right away, that's like, pink red flag you know um i don't follow those pages i don't subscribe to that type of stuff i try and like shield my eyes uh to that and just uh reserve that type of stuff for my wife and uh that's it's really important to me you know i think um so my wife she does so much for me it's uh it's incredible and she doesn't realize it a lot of times, um, but she does so much at the house by just holding stuff down. And uh, it's, it's it's awesome just to be able to come home to that, you know? And I think that's what a lot of us are working towards. 
uh, those type of things to where we can have, you know, the, the home nucleus where the, the woman's taking care of, um, the house and, and it's not in like a degrading way. Uh, it's in a way that like, man, let me protect and go deal with the, the evil stuff out here and try and try and be good and, and bring good to the good people who are also out there, but then come home and just be normal and, and be able to like have a great dinner and stuff. Absolutely. Like, uh, for example, my wife and I, we had our first daughter when we were 21 and it was kind of, it was a real <laughs> awakening. <laughs> I was working at Home Depot in the flooring department, making oh, enough wow. money really just to go out and, you know, have some beers on the weekend kind of thing. And yeah. the perspective shift is just, it, it, it changed oh, yeah. on a dime. And something that I struggled with for a long time is, you know, my parents had an awesome dynamic. My dad, um, I spent so much time with him growing up. We built race cars. We built hot rods. We did all these different things. That's and awesome. uh, I really wanted to be there for my for my kid, right? My daughter. But we had no money. And I was working seven days a week. And, you know, sometimes jobs that I really hated and all this stuff. And as a young man, I, you know, had some level of resentment that, you know, she was at home and doing this and everything. And then you realize one day it's a job of its own. And like, as much as you think that, you know, she might just be sitting at home, you know, living the good life. That's not what it is. She's giving up on, on a lot of different things that she um, yeah. aspired to and yeah. that she that's wanted. Um, and, and, and then you see your kids grow and they get older and, you see the people they become and you're like wow yeah yes. I'd love to take a lot of credit for that but that's my wife she did that yeah and uh yeah and like my wife she just got back to work here um she just started a new job a couple couple weeks ago actually because her kids are a bit older and we're just at that stage now um but yeah it's a it's a big thing man and uh I think it's a big point of contention in a lot of young relationships the the proud the proud man, you know, wanting to be the provider and all this stuff. And uh, yeah, not really understanding that what that dynamic is at home. So, you know, good yeah. for you recognizing it right out of the gate. And uh, oh, yeah, man. we couldn't do it without them. Um, yeah, I'm totally like learning new stuff every day with everything. It like all encompassing, just trying to learn new stuff in, in any way to just, just be better. And uh, <clears throat> yeah, I think uh to to be able to provide that is incredible it's an incredible feeling um but it's also uh yeah like you said that it's a, a lot of work <laughs> for a woman uh to to raise uh kids and to be with them nonstop is it's a whole job in itself 100% so and that's the person that you're sending out into the world to interact with everybody else and you know if if that's not done right well the world gets to be a scary place real quick. So um, yeah, I think it's one of the, if not the most important, one of the most important jobs in the world. And you, you just wait, you know, you think you're learning something now, you know, you're, you're, you've, you've entered a new dynamic with your wife and, and all this stuff. You wait until your little one starts teaching you things because oh, yeah. uh, that's, that's something that's really amazing. My oldest, she's, 
she's a lot like my wife. She is, uh, she loves reading books. She's a, a very, um, I guess, a stoic person <laughs> compared <laughs> to myself and my youngest daughter. Um, we're kind of, you know, we, me, we took my youngest to the races, to the demolition derby last night. And that's just the stuff she loves. Uh, she wants uh, to be out there. She wants to be doing all that stuff. But you forget things that you knew when you were a kid. Um, you know, things you need to appreciate in life that you lose touch of when you spend so much time just working and trying to improve and all this stuff. You start to realize through them, slow down enjoy yeah. things you know this the whole fish candy thing you know i for the for how i'm however many years now i wouldn't let myself have a hobby because i'm like you know if i'm doing that i'm taking time away from providing for them and it's you know i can't do that it's selfish all this stuff but then you start to realize how important it is that your kids yeah. see that you're enjoying and you're trying to yeah. learn new things yourself so yeah and pushing yourself to just be better like like uh i even i'll I'll even take my little son uh <laughs> on my runs just so that he's visually seeing me running you know what i mean because i feel like him visually watching me work it it's it's growing into him and when I'll, I'll be sitting there just holding him and he'll, he'll immediately grab my hands and he just wants to like start standing up and he's not even, he's not even three months yet. And it's like, Oh dude, this kid's trying to do squats already. Like I gotta, and, and like, you're right. I, I realize he's noticing everything. So I'm like, Oh man, I gotta do better. I gotta do better on this. I gotta watch my mouth. I gotta, uh, you know, work harder in this area and stuff. And it's just, it's beautiful. It's um, such a blessing from God. And yeah, I'm very appreciative of him and um, my wife and my other two kids as well. It's like, I, I, I've said it recently that you can't explain being a father. You can only experience it because as much as, you know, I love kids and, you know, I've got nieces and nephews and all this stuff, but nothing's the same as your own kids, you know, and watching them grow and just the dynamic that you have with them. It's a, yeah, it's something, a lot of my friends are, uh, don't have kids yet. And it's crazy to me and, uh, oh, wow. you know, to each their own, but I think you're really missing out if you don't experience that at some point in your life. 100%, 100%. And also, you know, I would say that uh, being being a stepdad is equally as rewarding. And, um, uh, you know, having the opportunity to be there for, uh, for any kids is just the biggest blessing and um, extremely rewarding. It's, it's tough, very tough. Uh, but if you can go through the pain, it's extremely rewarding. So, I would, yeah. Yeah. And it's going to be there. You know, like, you, like you say, your son's three months old. There's going to be times where he's going to push you in ways you didn't know you could be pushed and frustrate <laughs> you and drive you nuts oh, yeah. and make you wonder. But uh, yeah, it, it happens with all kids. It's just the way it is. And um yeah being steadfast in what you believe and staying true to your values that's the most important thing that's going to make things the easiest even in the turbulent times oh uh, yeah absolutely
Um, you you were mentioning that you got started or you were kind of starting in uh, Home Depot and moved from there. That's freaking impressive, dude. Very impressive. Yeah. So, so like I say, my dad's been a, a career flooring installer. He's done it for about 35 years now. And oh, wow. uh, so I, I, I learned from him growing up, you know, he, and then my uncle who, when he retired, he was 72, still kicking carpet, doing all that stuff. <laughs> my whole family's kind of in the industry. Right. So awesome. along the way, I've been a metal fabricator, truck driver, granite counter fabricator, done all these things, but my fallback and my, my base skill set has always been in flooring. So when I went down to Victoria, which is the capital of the island we live on here, I go down there and I need work and Home Depot is hiring and they don't pay very well. But I walked in and told them my flooring experience and they're like, don't oh, tell anybody, <laughs> don't tell anybody, but we're going to pay you sixteen twenty-five an hour. So, <laughs> and this was, this would have been what, 13 years ago, 14 years ago. Oh, wow. Um, I really enjoyed that job. It was the busiest Home Depot um, in Western Canada. And I knew what I was talking about and being young and having, you know, people come in and buy $40,000 worth of hardwood with insulation. And they're like, how are you? How do you know all this stuff? It's like, well, this is the first time I've been able to showcase that I I'm knowledgeable about it. Um, it was a great job. They actually, when, when my wife and I were going to have uh, Grace, our, our oldest, they actually transferred me to the Campbell River Home Depot where we live now. It had just opened up. It was a completely different dynamic. They were very rigid, you know, and not many people in the store. So I didn't stick around for long. But yeah, it was a great place to start. Um, you just have to take advantage of all the training they do and everything. There's all sorts of stuff that I did, product knowledge uh, events that I just took advantage of all of it. You learn a lot. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, when you take advantage of opportunities like that, that's that's exactly how you end up where you're at, I feel like. <laughs> um, I'm always yeah. looking for, uh, I'm always looking for guys that you describe like yourself at Home Depot or Lowe's when I when I'm walking in through there grabbing orders and stuff. Um, anytime there's like somebody, oh, you need help, just kind of ask them a couple questions, see how much they're interested in learning. And I'm always trying to like teach those guys a little bit uh, so that they can kind of help the next guy. And um, you never know, maybe become the next Mac the Builder. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I hope they aim a little higher, but I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, you mentioned Mac the Builder. So like the social media aspect of all of this stuff, it's really a new dynamic. And and before the podcast started here, we were, you were mentioning how, you know, a lot of the guys that you've met and you've interacted with, we've all kind of been around the same age group. Um, what, what, how, why do you think that is? How, how, how do you think that has become I, I, such a... I, if I'm being completely honest, I feel like it's all spiritual. I feel like it's totally spiritual. And I feel like it's, um, I feel like it's through, uh, the Holy spirit, um, through Jesus Christ. And, um, <clears throat> I think it's absolutely beautiful. And I think if we can all, um, start to try and be, uh, more living in the light, 
and helping others and living in, in love and, and light, we're going to do a lot better um, and a lot more at a higher level with each other. You know what I mean? Uh, yep. I feel like, um, I feel like, uh, negativity is, uh, I, you know, I had, I had, I had a uh, neurologist explain this to me once. <clears throat> negativity is like a car pulled over at 12 o'clock at night with a cop sitting behind it. Uh, quick glance, don't focus on it because if you focus on it, you're going to veer over and there's a good chance you're going to run into it. So quick glance, focus on, or see it, refocus right back straight where you're going and just keep moving forward. Um, so that's kind of like how I try and handle negative stuff and just immediately back on to positivity and, you know, what can we do to be better? So it's an, and it's something that really shows through in what you put out. Um, it's something I noticed in particularly about your account is just, you know, whether it be your stories that you're posting, you know, when you're getting up in the morning, all this stuff, it's always positivity. And I know that some people, I, I think I, I did at, at one point, I was like, who are these people? Nobody's just happy all the time. Like, give it a rest. It's freaking oh, exhausting. Yeah. And, uh, but then you realize like, you know, when maybe the- he's not that happy all the time and maybe, maybe he's just trying to be positive <laughs> and yeah, that's no doubt. And, and you know what? That's it. It's something you learn as you get older that if you project that, that is who you are able, how you're able to remain. And yeah. with, especially with social media, you know, there's so much toxicity the last three years and so much craziness. You know, I was guilty of getting into it with people, you know, over the lockdowns and all this stuff. And I'm like, guys, you know, and trying to be, trying to be, have a a reasonable conversation. And then you realize that social media is such a terrible place to have those conversations. And I just drew a line in the sand and I went, this is how I'm going to engage positive only. If I can't be positive, then it just, it's not going to happen on my page. Um, And from there, all this growth started happening and it was a wild thing to watch. And And it's positive positive growth too, because you can see, you can see the opposite way you can grow in negativity and like get growth in those numbers but eventually you're just going to be waking up every night with like horrible comments on everything, talking crap. And it's like, you don't want to live in that, you know? Hey, one second. I got, I got my little guy. Got another guest on the show, but uh, <laughs> welcome, sir. You're the youngest ever on Built Not Bought. <laughs> Let's go, Luca. Let's go. <laughs> awesome. awesome. So, so we were, we were talking about, you know, Instagram and social media and you know how to use the tool the right way kind of thing there um real quick one thing I was thinking of while I was while I was grabbing him uh to go off of what we're talking about is uh another thing like uh, about like the negative stuff like when you when you find somebody or or somebody trying to cause harm or negative negativity to you um, I feel like it's just, it's important to know, like, 
what it really is and it's spiritual and it's it's uh evil working through that person um so don't focus on that person uh just focus on uh you know seeking the lord and the light and uh everything will be lifted off your shoulders i feel like or at least it's well, been that way for me <laughs> absolutely and i see so many like especially again not to go back to the lockdowns and everything but so many influencers and and personalities uh you know came to prominence in that time and some of them had some really good points and you know i engaged with their content because i wanted to you know they were saying what i felt and there was a lot of negativity going on but now that we're at least trying to move past everything that happened there yeah, they're still on their negativity train and those this tirade and 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 you know I have some family members who are still heavily engaged and I always I always go back to them and say, when was the last time this person gave you any hope? When yeah. was the last time that you know they didn't show you a problem but gave you a tangible solution to work towards so that we don't have to be in this endless cycle anymore. They don't right. because that's where the your anger and your your being irritated and your frustration and your hopelessness is what keeps you engaged. Um, so I think you know accounts like yours, accounts like mine, like all these guys that we kind of network with, they're important. Not just you know most of my work is word of mouth, man. I don't oh. need Instagram to promote myself in that way. Yeah, you're the 100%. same way. Yeah, I don't have like I used to. I used to use Instagram for work to get work, but yeah. I'm sure a lot of people have noticed I don't tag builders anymore uh, because of uh, too many people like undercutting and stuff like that, or intentionally targeting specific people that I'm working with just because I'm working with them, you know? Yeah. Um, so I, I stopped doing that and just focused on building relationships with people. And um, yeah, it's just so much better that way. And then, you know, you don't need the Instagram for your business. It's just word of mouth and your customers know you no matter what, because you shake their hand, you know? And I think that goes a long way. And the goal, the goal changes, you know, with your, with your social media following, like for me, obviously I'm not just doing flooring stuff anymore. I just, anything I'm interested in, I'm, I, I think a lot of us guys in the trades were gen, generally curious people and we want to know how things work and, you know, how, how the world goes around. And that's, if I see something interesting and I think I can give some context or introduce it to people who've never seen it before, that's what I'm trying to do now. And I've had young guys reach out and they're like, it's, that's probably the biggest honor when, when I have young people reach out and go, Hey, I'm, you know, 16 years old, I'm working in retail. I hate it. How do I get into the trades? How do I get into an industry where I'm working with my hands and learning these things? And I always tell them, I never give them direct advice. I say, this is what I did, or this is yeah. what I would have done. I don't know your situation. I can't speak to exactly where you are, but this, you know, nobody has ever turned away someone who, you know, if you're willing to do everything, you know, don't be too proud. Even at this point in my life, 
I always tell everybody, you know, I might not have financial security, but my security is in the fact that I'll go work at Walmart if I have to greeting people at the door. Like I'm, there's nothing that I'm too proud to do. I'm going to provide for my family no matter what. Totally. Yeah. I think, um, I think on that, like, uh, the first thing, the first thing when I started my business, besides getting a business license was starting on Instagram and just posting, just trying to be consistent and uh, just trying to get people to see like, I think, I think when you're posting consistently, like, like you were kind of touching on, you can start to get a general sense of behind the scenes and not just what they're posting on their actual page. And when people are just posting and not putting their face on their Instagram, you can never get an idea of what it's like behind the scenes. So it's hard to connect with that type of person. You know what I mean? Or that type of page. Um, Absolutely. And, and uh, something that, you know, I, I heard a lot when I was, you know, building my businesses, you know, you deal with certain developers and stuff and they'll do something greasy and it's always, it's not, it's just business, you know, it's, oh, yeah. it, it, it's, it's not Learn personal. From it. <laughs> and it's like, no, this is as personal as it gets. Not only am I going into people's personal homes, I'm meeting, you know, this is probably the biggest purchase of their entire life. I'm providing them with something that's going to last, you know, 30, 40 years. My name is going to need to be on this thing. And I'm providing for my family. It doesn't get more personal than that. And when you put up that blinder of, oh, it's just business, there's a separation and something inauthentic that, um, you know, I pick it up on it on tradespeople all the time. If they, You can tell. You can tell how they operate very quickly just by how they communicate. Totally. And I think, uh, I think what we're going to see, or at least what I feel is what we're going to see in the next, uh, decade is people like you and I who are connecting with people are going to go way further than those large companies that are sitting there and they have their, uh, eight people working in the offices, just showing up every day with no real direction and they're uh, uh, putting pressure on the guys in the field to get things done faster because they're never happy when they're sitting in the office. They want the guys in the field to be done quicker. You know, uh, those type of things I feel like are going to go away. And I feel like more people like us are going to just continuously show up and it'll be a more direct, smaller um business uh kind of like in a large scale you know what i mean like absolutely like i used to work for direct tv as as a installation technician and um you know i was i worked in pacoima uh california which is not a good area at all but uh I, i learned a lot there and i helped a lot of people there too i feel like um, getting some dishes installed where like most people would have just walked up and said, no, nah, it ain't happening. No way. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, but uh, yeah, it's just, uh, it's, 
it, you could just see like with those large corporations, there's so much disconnect from the customer. Like you try and call to get anything changed and, and, but if one of my customers, you know, one of my builders calls me right now, I'm going to answer the phone, you know? And I think people just want like that type of relationship moving forward. Well, we've got a, a dynamic up here where, you know, there's the supply stores, the flooring stores. And in a lot of cases, I'd say 90% of the installs are subcontractors going to the store, getting a work order, and then going to the job site. There's no relationship direct to the client. So you're showing up doing, you know, fifty, sixty, seven thousand dollars of work, and they've never met you before. You they the first time yeah. they meet you, they're showing yeah. up on the first day. So I got away from that. I was like, this is this is insane. Not only and I, am I showing up on these complicated jobs, there's been no communication because the salesperson's got 30 other jobs on the go. And yes. I'm yeah. left holding the ball. Half the time the client's been sold the wrong product that's not right for them. And uh and then the other thing about being one-on-one, -on -one, you get to know the client and there's little things that you can do for them that goes so far. I, I always watch, you know, I saw, I saw this video on Instagram the other day, this woman, she had an electrician come to her house and he installed a, uh, event fan in the bathroom and they went up into the attic, got everything set up short of hooking up the ducting to the fan itself. Why? It wasn't their job. You need an HVAC person for that. You need, and, and that is like, that's the worst that. thing to do. Yeah. That's the worst thing to do because any professional like you or I is going to go back in there and be like, no, we got to redo the whole thing. Cause I don't know that other guy who came and attached all these little things that I need to complete my job. And I think that's where that's where there's a big disconnect with the clients or the the homeowners is like they don't understand the type of people like us who want that complete control so that we can sleep at night with our little kiddos knowing that it's going to work properly, you know. And, and and for me, I'm on job sites like that all the time where contractors are falling short, and the client will come up to me and they'll go, hey, "What do oh, you yeah. think about this? Like, can you explain this to me?" Because I and I, I'm straight with them. I'm like, hey, I'm not going to yeah. talk bad about anyone. But if it was my house, I would be super frustrated. Sometimes I end up doing the stuff. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. I just uh, I was at I just yesterday had to go drill six holes for a guy in some tile because the guy who's installing the glass door didn't have the proper bit to do the door. And it's like, oh. so I go and do it and I didn't expect anything for it. But, you know. The, the people are always so generous and so appreciative when you go that extra mile. You will lose money. You will lose everything trying to make everything about money. If you make it about people and you understand and interact with them the same way you would expect someone to come to your home and in, interact in your home, then you're going to be fine. But when you go, this is the scope of work. There's a line here. There's a line here. Nothing else don't bother me. Or, you know, I had to come and do this. This is a, you know, an hour at 110 bucks and plus materials and all this stuff. 
just just relax a little do yeah. do some good be kind help out you know uh, i i always tell people i know how hard you work i work for my money i assume you do the same and i'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt on that and i'm going to make your yeah. dollar worth it every step of the way that's exactly how i am with it it's like you, yeah you try and like be be try try and have that uh that care where you're understanding of their money. And it's like, Hey, look, like I, I see, you know, you're, you're upset about how high the bid is, but you're pretty much sold in your mind mentally on this, uh, LVT flooring. And let me tell you, frankly, I have a couple other vendors where I can get pricing for engineered hardwood a little bit cheaper than this stuff. And at the end of the day, I feel like you're going to enjoy that a lot better. You know, so I try and do like similar stuff like that as well. Um, <clears throat> just, you know, having the product knowledge and just knowing uh, the differences when you see or when you have those clients that come in and they're like, oh, my God, can I get a quote? But I already have this stuff picked out. You mind? Mm -hmm. You know, and it's like, oh, OK. Um, but yeah, one of the funny things for me, I'm sure you've seen uh, some of the posts that I've done. Uh, with like the recent uh, a recent post with like the contractor that um, we went and fixed some of their work and stuff. The funny thing about that is like every way that contractor moves, you can see that money is the only thing that matters to them. So I went in and we went in and resealed or actually not resealed. We sealed all of the tile in that in three houses because all three none of the tile was ever sealed and it's quick quick and easy i mean you just step on it if your foot appears you know damn well yeah. it never got sealed you know so uh or take your sock you know take your sock off just put your foot on it so it's quick and easy we went and resealed all those took pictures blue taped all the damaged tiles that like we couldn't get anything cleaned out and um, gave it to the builder, let him know, like, hey, we're happy to do it. Um, if you want me to order new pieces and, and get this all fixed or however you want to handle it. But I also pointed out to them that, like, everything was installed directly to the slab. So, like, mm -hmm. in reality, all of that stone is, is really trash. Because once winter hits and that slab freezes... And then it thaws back out, all that moisture is going to come up from underneath through the stone. And they um, they opted to have the other contractor uh, come back and, and replace those tiles. Not all of them, but some of them, some of the ones that I blue taped that were like, we couldn't get cleaned. And I got a picture of it. It's the same thing. They delivered the material outside and left it overnight to sit outside. And for me, the difference in my company is I would have went and picked that pallet up myself and I would have made damn sure it got inside. And, Absolutely. You know, just sitting outside for an hour in 100 degree weather, if it's soapstone, that's gone, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. It's just it's, well, it's, it's stuff messed up on it. And I don't want people to get the wrong impression in all of this. Like the reason oh, yeah. we go to work is for money. 
That's why yeah. we do it. I yeah. mean, to support our families. Yeah. What I what I think I want to make clear is that if you look at it, we we need more in a support. more conscientious way. You're going to make more money. That's totally. that's just how it works. It you know when I bid jobs, like you said, yours are are often sometimes higher than other people. Mine are often, but what I say to them is, listen, I don't know what the other person bid. This is what I can I need to charge to make sure everything is done thoroughly, properly. And at the end of this job, there will not be a surprise. There will not be an yeah. extra 200 $300,000. Unless yeah. you change something on in the scope of the project, this is what you're going to pay. And people can budget that way. And yeah. it's so important. And, and yeah, it's a great, great selling feature. Yeah, I bid, I bid the same way. I try and make sure that I'm bidding all encompassing to where every single detail is covered. And that way, at the end of the project, I'm just sending a final invoice and I don't have to send any change order surprise stuff. Uh, because, yeah, it's it, change orders throw people's budgets. And, you know, if, if they're not expecting it and you get a contractor who just sends random change orders... Um, but also in, in that area, you know, make sure you always do send change orders because what I've found too, is like, uh, some builders will redline a change order and then say they thought it was free. And to me, that's mm -hmm. just, that's just insane. And, you know, you can't work for anybody that, that operates or thinks that way of our work or any work in my opinion like anyone who thinks anything is free in the year 2023 should not be operating a business period no oh. no man oh. i completely agree i feel like we could go on for hours and hours and i yeah. i really hope we can do this again i what i want to do is get down to one of those uh one of those uh, events down in Vegas or something, maybe we can meet up and uh, oh, yeah, dude. you can show me the ropes at some of those conventions. That would be awesome, man. I would love to go uh, this year, either to the surfaces or either to um, uh, floor coverings international would be awesome. Awesome, man. Well, I'm uh, yeah. Honored that you were willing to come on here and do this with me. It's awesome to talk to someone who, you know, we're so like-minded, weird, kind of working towards the same goals in the same industry and uh yeah i'm i really hope that you're gonna find nothing but success because if we're doing the same things that means i'm on the same path too <laughs> heck yeah brother you you as well dude um keep it up and uh i, I i'm looking forward you gotta let me know how to get some of that fish candy because i definitely want to order some and uh and get some uh fish on a hook you know you're going to have to let me know what you fish for and then I'll do some research and make something special for you. Oh, badass. Badass, man. All right. I love it. Perfect.